0: What's going on everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another THP podcast episode powered by Dakota Lithium. To me, their products are awesome for anybody that likes to camp or travel to hunt, obviously those are two things that we do all the time. So they definitely help keep us mobile and charged up while we're on the road. And this episode is the second live podcast that we recorded on our new YouTube channel, the hunting public podcast. That way now every podcast that you listen to you can also watch on this new channel and actually this Thursday we're also gonna be having another one that you can tune into ask questions interact with us talk about more behind the scenes stuff and in this episode that's exactly what's going on this one was recorded when the guys were down in Mississippi and they talk a lot about some of that behind-the-scenes stuff and just giving updates as far as how their hunting strategy is going and Before we get into the podcast i wanted to let you guys know that we've teamed up with vortex to give away an all-expenses paid turkey hunt with the thp crew aside from hitting the turkey woods with all of us lodging licenses vortex gear and a thousand dollars for travel is all included to make it even better the hunt will be filmed for a future episode on our youtube channel and entering is easy all you got to do is head to thp.vtxnation.com enter your email, and you're done. Stay tuned to Vortex and THP's social platforms for more information and be on the lookout in upcoming THP Turkey Tour videos where we'll also be sharing the link. Good luck to everybody that enters. We look forward to hanging out with you guys in the turkey woods. Also, unfortunately, this day and age, censorship for hunters and anglers is at an all time high. That's why we partnered with the social media platform, Go Wild, to combat mainstream social media's censorship. Go Wild's a free social community where not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Alright guys, let's get into the episode.
1: Is he going? Here I go. (laughs) Are we live? As as Joel Turner says, here I go. Here I go.
2: Yeah, well,
3: here we are.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
3: yet again. Bear with us, guys. We got some technical issues once again. Greg's currently sitting in the back of his truck right now with his computer on top of his mattress and cords going everywhere. And we're just out here in a parking lot grabbing some Wi-Fi. So Seems like it's working though. So yep. far so good, but if it cuts out, we'll just bear with us. We'll try to figure out a solution or we'll be back next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: uh, our first live on the podcast channel.
3: Yeah, is the first live feed on the THP podcast channel. We're going to try to do more of these moving forward and we've got lots more video podcasts coming down the pipe here. Zach, quick update on Zach before we get started. He just had surgery on his knee. And he's in a lot of pain, it looks like, but he's managing it. He's already doing uh, some PT. Mm-hmm. Is, that
1: the, is that the right thing? Physical therapy? Yeah, there yeah. you go. That's hey. right. right Got a huge <laughs> bruise down the back of his leg, though.
2: Yeah, he's,
1: yeah, he's on some
2: painkillers. He's killers. in some rough shape, looks like, some pain right now, but
1: he'll be back up
2: and after it here soon, I'm yeah. sure.
1: I just watched that video of him uh, when his legs fell asleep, when he shot that one in Minnesota a couple of years ago, the turkey. Yeah. That's how I see him hunting by the end of the, <laughs> end of the end of turkey season. He's yeah, yeah. him out as he's trying to get to uh, the yeah. gobbler. So that's an update on him.
3: We're missing him on the tour, but hopefully he'll get mended up and be back here with us as soon as possible. Um, if you guys are just jumping on here and joining us, if you got questions, feel free to post them in the comment section. And Greg's going to do a rapid fire Q&A here at the end of the podcast we may go for 45 minutes to an hour or a little bit longer so stay on until the end that's when we'll answer all the questions but we're going to give you guys kind of a recap of the season so far and what we've been doing for the last week mm-hmm. i mean we've been hunting every day i think we started yep. on the 8th which was
2: i don't know what day was that last wednesday last wednesday yeah so, yeah last
4: wednesday a little
3: over a week now
4: Yeah, yeah
3: taking youth hunters starting out Killed a couple birds during youth season, had several close calls with the kids too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of turkeys at 45 yards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with Josh's kids, and I don't know about Keith, I don't know if he'll let Colin shoot further than that. He wants him 40 and in, is what he said to me. Yeah. Both parents were like 40 yards and in, and Mm -hmm. they seem pretty
1: strict. And the guns that. that they're shooting would shoot further than that for sure, but that's just, that's what they want. And that makes sense. I mean,
3: yeah oh me and we had one the other day with reed on a heck of a hunt you guys probably already seen it on the channel bird comes in with a bunch of jakes hammering and he's at like i don't know 45 50 mm-hmm. ish yards and reed reed was disciplined i didn't even have to tell him not to shoot he knew mm-hmm. he, he's like he looks a little far I'm like i think he is a little far mm-hmm. but he almost killed him if he just have stepped out behind that tree some folks in the comments on the video were like come on that that gun can do that or Mm -hmm. whatever but they don't like to shoot them in strut and they don't like to shoot them past 40 yards and that bird was strutting past 40 yards so let him walk off but overall we've been in turkeys every day
2: Mm -hmm. I mean yeah pretty much every day we've been in turkeys might not be gobbling a ton every day necessarily but the last couple days have been pretty hot yeah and and the weather's
1: been pretty good for the yeah. most part, too. It's like there hasn't been too many days where it's like, I don't know if they're going to talk this morning. Yeah. I don't think.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Only one rain out.
3: hmm Yep. Another I one coming tomorrow, I think. Yeah. For sure rain out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like. We had one day where we got like two inches of rain. hmm Yep. But that really helped us with our scouting mm-hmm. after the yep. fact. Um Before that, though, it was unseasonably warm down here and had been for a long time so the spring is early
1: green up is way ahead yeah maybe like too warm i think really i mean the gobbling activity has been better where i've been hunting at least the last two days when it's been cold i i I think i posted something on instagram and i said you know perfect weather or something like that and everybody said it was too cold and maybe it is where they're at but i i like the crisp crisp more crisp mornings and like that humid stuff when we first got here for sure yeah it was
4: real warm when we first got here Mm -hmm. i mean getting up in like the mid 80s every day yeah it was 80s lows in
2: the 60s 80s and then that big washout, and then it's been nice weather after that ever since and then tomorrow it's going to be another rain out then after that it's supposed to be real nice weather again Mm
3: -hmm. me and reed had the hot hands out the other day (laughs) i was over there on that camera and I mean, it was like, I don't know how cold it was, Greg, but it was probably in the low 30s. And I had my hands. We had a gobbler come in with a bunch of jakes and a hen, and he just stood out there strutting it like 50 yards forever. So I had my hands up on the camera the whole time with those fingerless gloves. And, man, my fingers started getting cold. <laughs> and they finally moved off, and my hands were just shaking like this. And Reed turns over there. He does a double take at me. And he's like, here. I got two of them. <laughs> and he had two of those great big hot hands that are like this big. I'm like, oh man, you came prepared. Yeah, it held out on you until he saw you in pain. He did. Uh-huh. These these Southern folk, they don't mess around with that cold weather. You know? <laughs> it gets down below 40 down here, and it's time to whip the hot hands out. He was smart about it too. But I did. Yeah, that morning was to your point, Jake. We had those two mornings where it was like high 30s, low 40s, and down into the low 30s for lows, and they. They gobble good both mornings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even the ones that had hens that were still gobbling. So now that's not, you know, that's not a general rule. But overall, the hunting has been pretty good. Turkeys have had hens, and we've had to deal with flocked up birds like we normally do on these early season trips. But we've also had some suicide birds come in. We have (laughs) had luck finding Mm -hmm. them in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mid morning to mid afternoon. We we definitely have. I think Chris is the only one that's killed one right off the roost that I can think of. I guess Luke killed that yeah. one the yeah, other day. It that was early. It was
4: like 7.30 when he shot that one.
1: Yeah. We almost shot one in the dark. This, I mean, the season was open, but it was dark. Yeah. <laughs> and then a coyote come through and spooked him off. I threw some stuff on the Instagram story, but we eventually caught back up to him. Coyote come through and putted, and really they had kind of skirted around us at that point. And then all of a sudden they're putting and running. We weren't sure if somebody else had spooked him, and then all of a sudden the coyote comes through and Keith's like, well, that might have been the best thing that could have happened because they had already made it past us and they're going towards other birds. We could hear a bunch of jakes yelping and gobbling and hens that they're in the direction that they were trying to go. So he he kind of pushed them and split them up and then looped around. and That was this morning. Called them right up. Mm-hmm. And they gobbled from 620, I think it was, until we killed them at 830 like every oh, wow. we every, didn't even
2: hear a turkey this morning until about six forty-five. i think was
1: the first one we heard and yeah. we i've hunted that property with keith now i think three times maybe this year and yesterday morning there was one bird lighting up in there but the, we heard five total gobblers this morning i think two of them were jakes but there was you know probably turkeys that had been around i would assume with an earshot and then all of a sudden this morning they all just opened up you guys early. were
3: tied to the roost this morning
1: right? yeah just because they started gobbling so early we were able to you know I like that bird
3: we killed in Alabama a couple Mm -hmm. years ago. That
1: was worrisome. (laughs) On public, especially, it's like turkey starts gobbling that early. You don't know who's all hearing, hearing that that thing. That was bizarre. I uh, haven't seen that, but just a handful of times. And Keith was shocked too. It's like I think he's told he was talking to Greg about it, and he's told me several times hunting there. He's like, I want, I don't expect to even hear a bird on the roost really. Yeah. And then the last two mornings at six twenty and six twenty-three, they're just tearing it up. Yeah. Bear with us, guys. We got road back here behind us. Oh, Charlie. And whatnot going by. Was that Charlie? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He must be
4: headed to the drive in. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Going That's to right. some catting around. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, man. When we got in early on that one in Alabama, we, we got out of the car like, I don't know. I want to say it was two hours before first light, mm-hmm. like early, early, because we figured there's going to be other people in this spot.
1: And that bird had been there, right? Like that weird. Were, we're, well,
3: I don't know if it was him or a different one, but there had been a turkey goblin from that roost we just every try day. We to get
1: down in there because he was kind of shutting up like early, if I remember right.
3: Yeah, there was like three days in a row where he gobbled a handful of times, pitched down, didn't say nothing. So it's like, all right, we're going to be in his grill this morning. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we got out of the car, like 600 yards from him, it's like dark. <laughs> it. Yeah. And we were just like, what? <laughs> and I mean, we couldn't see our hands in front of our face. <laughs> I mean, not even a glint in the east, but, you know. Uh, and we started heading down in there. I'm like, I wonder if that was just a one-off. You know, he woke up, something, something flew by him and got him a little jittery, <laughs> and he turned one loose. But then he just kept, pow! And like every two or three minutes, pow! Me and Jake just got right up underneath him, pretty much. Too bad they don't do that every time. <laughs> yeah
1: i mean Probably wouldn't be near,
3: nearly as many around if they did though mm-hmm. that one the other the other morning that me and greg and thrash and reed were on we called him in the day before that was the one i was talking about a while ago that reed had at like 45 yards and we went back and hunted the same turkey same group of jakes the next morning and we knew it was the same turkey because we eventually saw him and he's got short tail feathers in the middle of his fan mm-hmm. both mornings had him at 50 but the second morning we went in there he only gobbled like six or seven times and he had a hen with him but you know how a lot of times when they get like one hen with them or two hens not a whole group they'll just occasionally gobble like at a crow or they'll answer you if you get to cutting real loud or something but they're not just up there pow pow you know burning it up Mm -hmm. they're gobbling but They've got, they're They're also thinking they
1: could use a couple more hens where one with six or seven hens is like, ah, I got probably more than I know what to do with at this point. Oh Mm yeah. When we, me and David Williams killed one in
3: Tennessee several years ago that had 12 hens. We roosted him the night before, watched him fly up in the tree and got right underneath him the next morning. It was bluebird. Perfect. And there was turkeys gobbling up and down the creek. He never gobbled one time. He pitched out of that tree and was strutting around them hens and we eventually killed him never gobbled once Mm -hmm. and it was like easy to see once once you watched him in that field with those hens like he just never came out of full strut and he was just looking at this end looking at this end looking at this end that's how he was for an hour and a half before Mm -hmm. he killed him it's like no wonder he was he roosted
1: where he could see all those hens even yes
3: yeah roosted right in the same tree he knew he didn't
1: have to gobble almost right trying to round anything up yeah interesting
3: Kind of, and there's, that's not a general rule, but a lot of times when they only have one or two hens, they'll still gobble and mm-hmm. you can still keep tabs on them. How many hens did that bird have with you and Keith yesterday that you guys almost killed?
1: Two, I think, two. Was he gobbling? hmm Yeah, but she was also you know, losing her mind for, yeah, probably 30, 45 minutes. And like, then even after she went crazy for a little bit there, if Keith would get on the call, she'd generally answer him and he, yeah. he would gobble still. Same like like you're talking about though, two hens, and he was like, I'll take another one basically, come on over. Yeah. And then, like I said, there was, we just heard that one bird yesterday, and there was at least three of them in that wheelhouse this morning. I think we had two birds coming together, and uh, that bird was just roosted a little bit further to the south, I would I would assume. It was a lone turkey, roosted just to the south of where he was at, maybe like 100, 200 yards further away from where he was yesterday. But he didn't start gobbling until we were already moving in on, on those two birds. Yeah. And they weren't directly with hens. They were, they were, like I said, there was jakes, and it sounded like several hens that were a couple hundred yards to our north that they were trying to get to. But then that coyote come through and saved the day for us. That's a cool hunt. They, I was showing these guys, the kid, he's 10 years old, and he had never been turkey hunting before, and you could just tell that he's... He's in it for the rest of his life. Like he was he couldn't be he couldn't have been happy. Like he was he was he was fired up before we even heard a turkey gobble. He was just so excited to be out there turkey hunting. He was he's killed a couple deer with his with his gun, but that was his first time turkey hunting. And then he had a pretty much the ideal morning, had a close call right off the bat, and then you know, had a coyote come through and then eventually killed a turkey. It was Keith yeah, kept cool. telling he was like, It ain't always like that. You get <laughs> no. maybe a couple mornings like this in spring if you're lucky. <laughs>
4: What did he say when he was standing there trying to hold him up? I want to
1: do this every day of my life. Yeah, he said a lot of really cute things. He, he, said, he said that he cried on the way, he was crying on the way in just because he was so happy. <laughs> to be going, yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. That's cool.
3: Oh man, Reed's heart was pounding the other day, and he's he just killed one tonight. Yeah, and he's been like three or four times already. And he hadn't got one, and he's been close, like had the safety off on Mm -hmm. multiple birds. At least three different times had turkeys within 45 yards. Yep. Finally killed one tonight, never gobbled. Mm -hmm. Just slid, slid in there amongst them and called him i mean just came through and then josh called him in Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. they haven't hunted a ton of evenings either it doesn't seem like they've hunted maybe one or two i
1: think it's the second one the first morning that you got or the first afternoon that you guys left i went out with them and we had that turkey at 45 yards it might have been the same turkey that you had gotten close to a couple times we went in there on the ridge that he was roosted on where you got close to him i'm pretty sure yeah and he came into like 45 yards but he never gobbled he just all of a sudden it was just a calm night we could hear walking on the other side of the ridge and he got his gun pointed down that way and the turkey just came up and craned up looked didn't see another turkey and so he started pecking back the other way clucked one time or putted one time just to try to get another turkey to raise its head or see another turkey and never folded his wings or anything and he just pecked his what never strutted gobbled nothing then you could tell that he was with other birds that were over the ridge we could hear him scratching in the leaves over there but he never said nothing.
3: Yeah, I didn't really know what you guys had been into the last couple of days because the three of us have been gone. We've mm-hmm. been on the road, and we killed a couple. <laughs> mm-hmm. That'll be on the. Be, be some exciting channel, times dude. coming to the right after here. right after this podcast. We're going to post <laughs> Nick's hunt from yesterday.
1: Oh yeah, all, and all <laughs> all three of them are very good. I'd say we are all. We're all pretty. Uh, They're all exciting. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. We are dying laughing at everything. Like we, you know, we got to see their footage for the first time, and then I was showing those those guys this morning, something for the first time, and it's all pretty good stuff. It seems like so.
3: We did not expect to kill this many turkeys in the first couple of days of season mm-hmm. down here. Like, I mean, some years it takes us yeah. five, six, eight days to really get a chance at one. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What drop? Drop in the comments below if you're hearing more turkeys than usual, or less, or the same amount, because. We've been talking about it for the last, since last spring, really the last two springs. Like we've been seeing a lot of jakes. Mm-hmm. Like most places yeah. we go, it seems like like last year groups of ten, fifteen tons. jakes at once. And so we're, you know, we're all we kept talking about how it seems like it might be a pretty good spring this year in a lot mm-hmm. of places that we've been. That that's it's going to be, you know, in pockets. But
3: yeah, as far as the eastern range goes, though, a lot of states that have had really bad or poor hatches for a long time have had good hashes the last two years mm-hmm. so we're, and i think we're seeing it down here right now like there's there's definitely i mean i wouldn't say there's an overabundance of turkeys by no means but there's turkeys mm-hmm. in most spots where there should be turkeys more than we generally is, run into right Or have in the last couple of years
1: i'd say for sure
3: for sure which is real encouraging because 2020 and 2021 turkeys got hammered i mean everybody and their dog was hunting during covid because mm-hmm. they had time yep and then when they the kind of traveling to hunt too yeah I was traveling to hunt when the country opened back up in 21 like national parks set records for attendance and states sold more licenses than they had in a long time and some and a lot of those license sales have tapered back since then mm-hmm. but like we mashed turkeys as the general public that hunts you know the, yeah the, we were talking, the, talking about it earlier and you said
1: there's probably more people that turkey hunted in those two years than that have in the last 20 years yeah i would guess yeah or maybe that's fact i don't know I, it's close it's really close and that's that's come back down but then at the same time people have went back to
3: work and like stuff like we're
1: talking about all that pressure and then as that's happening two years later there's still a bunch of jakes running around so yeah, that's encouraging to see i guess
3: yeah definitely I mean, we're seeing lots of turkeys. And the two the two hunts that we've had the last couple of days are dang near perfect. I mean,
1: just, <laughs> you don't get many of them this early in the year, especially. No.
3: I mean, that one this morning was running into the call from 400 yards. Mm-hmm. It's yep. insane. Like, he just, there wasn't much footage to be had because he came from 100 yards to 15 <laughs> in five seconds. <laughs> just do, 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 do like, like he was running into a strutting decoy. Yeah, exactly, so yeah it was like it's crazy
4: coming in full bore he <laughs> just lost his mind the only thing that would have made it yesterday better if you would have been out there with us
3: i know i was in the truck editing <laughs> and i was i was in the middle i had been concentrating for a while i had clothes hung up around the windows to keep the light out so i could work in there and see my screen and i glanced up every once in a while and like there's this long road back into the, in there where they're at and you can see a quarter mile down that road and i glanced up, i didn't see nothing I went back to editing the next time I glanced up like 10 minutes later, I was like, they're 30 yards away walking out with a turkey. You see this big-shouldered <laughs> guy come walking out. I mean, you oh. see these wide shoulders?
4: I and mean, you couldn't miss me because I'm surprised he even saw the turkey.
3: <laughs> oh, my man. shoulders go out about as wide as its wings were. Yep. That hunt's coming up big after this podcast. Boy. That's Oh, man. That was good, boy. <gasps> yep. I love that. What else should we talk about? We got other topics we're going to cover. Yeah. That's kind of a, I guess, that's a recap of what we've been doing. So far, we're pretty encouraged
1: turkey tour production turkey tour production yeah you taught you just talking about sitting in the car editing that's kind of what some of it looks like we you know basically it works out best when people we can edit the footage that we film but when we're doing this you kind of got to divide it up just to get it out fast enough where you're just dividing videos into different sections and like you're working on this you know the first whatever section of the video and that's what we did today. Yeah, yeah three of us worked it on ways. it, and mm-hmm. then Greg
3: did the thumbnail. Mm-hmm. So, like, whenever you guys are watching these videos that are coming out same day, there's three or four people that are working on that at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's to get them out. You know, a lot of these videos that we've been putting out, we've been getting back around eleven, twelve o'clock, getting something to eat, mm-hmm. downloading footage, and then editing from one to seven or eight at night. And in six, seven hours, three or four of us can get one of these up. I mean, it depends on the link. Like some of these early season videos that we've been posting for y'all have been longer, like 25 minutes. Those mm-hmm. take a long time. Yeah. And you got to have all hands on deck to put one one of those together fast. Mm-hmm. But some of these shorter ones are 12 to
1: 15 minutes we can do in four hours. It's or so. just nice because we, if we don't do them this fast, I think we were talking about, it, it's like all of a sudden, you, if you're lucky, maybe you get two kills piled up and then you might have a close encounter that we don't end up posting. But if we're doing them day of, you guys are getting to see, you know, not just kills, which is, I mean, that's not what it's like. I don't know what percent of time. I mean, the next three, most... they're going to be able to see that. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. But, <laughs> but like, I, that's not how it typically goes when you go out turkey hunting as most people know. So it's, it's, it's fun to see this. Stri- we were just talking about when like, when we were watching you guys on spring thunder, it's like, it's cool. It was cool that the video, like I could go to work in the, mo- the next morning. First thing I do is sign on mm-hmm. the computer. I'm watching yeah. a hunt from the day before. Yeah. Like I can't be out hunting but i can be signed in the computer at least with someone that's hunting mm-hmm. and it's just like the, the conditions from the day before it's just real time stuff i've i i did not get any school. sleep back in them <laughs>
3: <laughs> i get we get sleep now a little yeah. bit that's what some people have asked is like when do y'all sleep and like a few years ago when we started this we really didn't very much i mean mm-hmm. we got very little but now that we have a group here with us Um, we're all pretty unselfish. It's not like we're all trying to go out and and wax a turkey, each of us every day. Like our first goal when we left a few days ago was just to get Nick a bird Mm -hmm. and just focus on that. So like me and Ted are just helping him and filming and stuff. And then once he gets one, then me and Nick are helping Ted. And that's how we've always done stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been taking kids and whatnot for the last week, but there's usually one or two of us filming and then two or three of us editing the footage as it comes in. So, I mean, we really haven't, we spend as much time editing or producing foot footage for YouTube as we do hunting. Yep. We might spend even more
1: Especially time. Especially when we're doing it this way. Yeah, this is, I think yes.
4: we've spent more time producing than we have been in the woods. I'd yeah. Yeah, say, yeah,
1: I'd say with how quick I mean, the hunts have gone. First,
4: like five, six days we were hunting with the kids. I mean, we weren't hunting past 10 o'clock most days. No. Mm-hmm. You know, they're having to go to school and parents got to go to work. And then that would allow us to edit. all day
1: but i mean these last two
4: days we just which really
1: honestly makes it more realistic to probably most people's situation too because not everybody can hunt all day every day no you know it's like you got if you got a flexible job you're able to go out maybe you know a couple hours in the morning and then if you're lucky maybe a couple hours in the afternoon
4: Mm
1: -hmm. yeah yeah i mean that's how i
3: just think of it like how do you talk to your buddies about turkey hunting when you're going through turkey season? You're texting them every morning at mm-hmm. 10 a.m. when yep. you get to work or late or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what'd you hear this morning? Did you hear any? Did you get close? Oh man, I had up one at 50 yards or whatever. And he just never put his head up or, you know, and then that night you're like, did you go roost or are mm-hmm. you going in the morning? Mm-hmm. It's like, that's why we like posting these things as much as often as we can, because
1: real time almost. And it's funny too, because it's just like hunting in the rut. Basically it's like, Somebody could just have a stellar morning, you know, it's like, oh, they're tearing it up till nine o'clock. And then it's like, oh, we we literally didn't hear anything. Oh, Jim didn't Uh, hear a gobble this morning. Yeah. He's like, what the heck?
3: You guys got another one? Uh Uh-huh. Like, well, we found one. Mm -hmm. And he
4: was ready, boy. Mm -hmm. Mm We. Yeah, well, blind hog finds an acre every now and then. Sometimes it's two acres. acres.
3: That's right. (laughs) right. Do I need to cover anything else about turkey tour production? I mean, we could go on for days about all of the equipment and the gear
1: that we we use to keep batteries charged and all that. Is there a video yeah. where that's in the description or anything like that, Greg, people can just check out?
3: Uh, an old one. We'll, I'll update it this summer.
1: Okay. Yeah. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. We won't nerd out on you completely on that stuff. And honestly, Greg should be the one in here if we are yeah. going to talk about yeah, that it. That's so. <laughs> true.
4: I do know that the way we're doing the production right now, it helps me as i'm like trying to progress editing it helps me help y'all but then i because i get to chunk things up and like today you said take this little chunk of footage and, and work on this and and then it's like every day there's a little bit something extra that i'm learning to to throw into the mix whether it's a gaussian blur or whatever it's called yeah. or, or the text thing you showed me today and so it's just every day different effects up, and ways to be more a efficient bit more mm-hmm. and instead of having to sit down and like for three days straight hammer out a you know a 30 minute long video I'm able to chunk it up and it makes it easier to process mm-hmm. so teamwork makes the dream work mm-hmm. <laughs> except for your dream last night where you were getting oh, you were
3: off <laughs> it's so good this is the I took a page out of Ted's nightmare book last night so you know I'm in the tent and I'm in my bag you know these little one man tents that we sleep in not very big and he, I was in my sleeping bag it's pretty cold so I had my sleeping bag zipped up around my shoulders, you know. I had my arms like this. I was sleeping. And I had a dream that I was in a school, except it wasn't a school. It was full of adults that were working. And they were, like, going in and out of the classrooms to their jobs. And this one big guy came up to me. And he started, like, pushing me and trying to take my wallet. And he took my wallet. And I was like, give that back. So I, grabbed, I reached over and I grabbed it. And then I started feeling bad for him. And he just kind of stood there, you know, mad. I'm like, "What well, do you need some money or something? I'll give you some money if you need some money. And he just kind of grunted at me. And then I opened my wallet up and I had a couple of hundreds and a 20. And I reached to grab him at 20. And about the time I did, he grabbed down there and he grabbed my wallet again and grabbed my, my money. And I started like trying to fight him, but I was in a sleeping bag. So we were like fighting each other in a phone booth. It was weird. I woke up and I was just like. In that sleeping bag, almost punching myself in the face.
4: <laughs> Not oh, <wow>. Scott on me. <laughs>
3: get away
2: from it. Now you, know, now you know how I feel when I have those.
3: Yeah. Once oh, a man. week. We were in Wyoming. Ted's, Ted sat straight up in his cot. He's like, <laughs> just eyes closed. He's like, get away from me. Don't talk to me. I'm like, <sighs> oh,
2: yeah. Whenever I get real sleep deprived, I get some bad ones. I get up, walk around, freak some people out usually. But. I don't I don't remember them, but I always hear about them the next
3: morning. <laughs> I remember this one because I woke up immediately, you know, in that bag. Like, oh, that's why I'm fighting him in a phone booth. Because I'm stuck in this sleeping bag in this little tent. Anyway, right. that's your crazy story for the night, I guess. <laughs> we had... What else you got? What or What's the next topic we got to go? Introducing youth. All right. We kind of talked about that a little bit, but it's been... Uh, hopefully you guys have gotten a lot out of these videos the reason of the youth hunting that is like we we chose the the families and the groups of guys to film for these youth hunts for a reason Mm -hmm. and that's because we really believe in the way that they're introducing these kids to the outdoors into turkey hunting Mm -hmm. like keith polk has introduced many people over the years um, I mean, have you seen that picture of him in Lake? When, yeah. I mean, like, I've
1: been riding around with him for three days and it's just like every morning there's three or four different stories about, you know, the first, you know, or him taking a kid on their first hunt or, you know, getting their first, like all, we're going to all these different places he can hunt. We we really just need to sit down and do a podcast with Keith yeah. and Josh and talk about this again, which yeah. I think Zach's about to post the one we did with thrash last year, where we talk about introduce like a large yeah. portion of it is about. Mm-hmm getting his kids into it but you guys can see in the videos i mean these kids are fired up about it Like yep. it's and it's they're cool not they're we're hunting private ground but we're they don't
3: make it too easy on them mm-hmm. it's not like you know oh we can wake up late in the morning i've ever i've got everything set up and I, we can just put you on a bird and whack him mm-hmm. just like that i mean we've been going out and struggling and like failing mm-hmm. and thrash even said that You know, the first couple of times that he took them, he took them out there not to kill a turkey. Mm -hmm. He took them out there to show them how the turkey hunt. Mm -hmm. And then had that has progressed over time. And now Reed, I mean, he's been like three, four times, hasn't killed a turkey. And tonight he went out with his dad this evening and he was like, he didn't think they were going to get into anything, but he still knew like, if I'm going to get something, I got to go. And he went out there and got a big old gobbler. That Mm -hmm. was awesome. Yep.
4: It's a lot of fun to watch them. I mean, just like Thrash's kids. To see how fired up they get, That's to me, that's the funnest part of the whole thing. Oh, oh, like yeah. that kid watching that clip of him saying, I want to do this every day of my life. <laughs> I'm almost 28, and I feel the same way. It's like well, That's I, how I answered I him. I said, awesome I said, "I to said me see, too. <laughs> I see a little kid be like that, and like Thrash's kids, they run it. Her- if we're not playing wiffle ball in the yard or something, oh yeah. They're running around hooting, yelping, messing yeah. around, you know.
3: They were fishing part of the day today. I uh-huh. took the four them down the lake with their life jackets on and they uh-huh. fishing poles. And
4: they're all about it. It's fun.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's cool to see how knowledgeable
2: they are about all of it already. Mm-hmm. I mean, Luke's eight, I think, and mm-hmm. Reed's ten or
1: something like that. Oh, Luke did
2: awesome on that hunt the yeah, other day. They're sharp, they know what's going on. What out do you there? think it
1: is about southern folks in general that make I mean, we've talked about it. It's it's definitely just a real thing that like these kids. It's first of all the manners, but just the confidence that they have to have a conversation with an adult, literally anybody. Yeah, yeah anybody. it's like yeah, so many kids that I encounter are so timid that we were standing at that
2: restaurant the other day getting ice cream. Me and Jake are standing there, and the next thing we know, there's just kids. Circled all the way around us, and every one of them's got a story to tell you. <laughs> a turkey or something. Uh-huh. I, I thought that was that was the coolest.
1: Thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like six-year-old kids, just like having just talking at you for and like uh-huh. making total sense. You know, yeah. I'm telling you a story. It's just I don't. It's I guess it's the upbringing. You know, it's just a different culture down here, but it's definitely a real thing I've noticed over the last couple of years, and yeah. it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. and
3: we're just watching the uh, thrash. Thresh has three kids that are of different ages. Luke's eight, Reed's 10, and Elizabeth is, is she 14? 14, I think she's 14. I think she's about to get a license. So Elizabeth and Reed have been, they've been on many turkey hunts at this point. So they know how to handle the gun and everything. He doesn't really have to babysit them. He kind of lets them even take the reins sometimes of the hunt, like Mm -hmm. Reed was calling the other morning Mm -hmm. and getting that turkey to gobble. And I was just letting him do his thing. I was sitting next to him. And as the bird was coming in, he's like, should I take the safety off? And I'm like, not yet. And he came in a little bit closer and I, and, and I said, go ahead and take it off. And I heard it click over there. Mm-hmm. So he's already, he already knows, mm-hmm. you know, Luke is a little bit younger and he's only, I think he just killed his first one last year.
2: I think so. It like might've been last year, a year second. before last. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And like in that hunt, he's sitting right with Josh and he's, in his ear like
1: telling him yep. sitting okay, right between his legs right right between his legs and i think that's i even do that with crystal sometimes yeah. or just like my my cousin that i took last year he was quite a bit older but it was the first time turkey and it's like regardless of who, who i guess if it's a grown man you're taking yeah, I mean, up, maybe <laughs> if not new but, to it you but yeah gotta, if you're comfortable with it, it's like if they're right there you can help them with things and like even just turn their head if they have to and stuff yeah, like that yeah. something i noticed keith was doing really well this morning though is just communication because i find myself just like if i i guess i'm filming so it's like i'm focusing on that but keith is just constantly like communicating with the kid just like because he, he's watching the turkey too he's just like keep your finger off the trigger you know because the turkey's getting close but it's not close enough so he's right just, and so he, and he's not, he couldn't see his if his finger was on the trigger or not and eventually uh cooper told him he said it's not on the trigger you know but he's just like telling them stuff that's like i guess What's i would maybe overlook mind, yeah. So yeah it's like don't 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 shoot at him yet he's not close enough just yeah. like really simple stuff that i guess i might overlook if i was taking someone that young for the first time yeah mm-hmm.
3: they're teaching them discipline especially with that range thing like we were saying earlier they got a limit and if they don't come past that they don't let them shoot mm-hmm. and the other day when that bird walked off reed was bummed like he rocked his head back he was bummed for a few seconds then he turned around and he's like, you know what that was pretty dang cool mm-hmm. like you're gonna be all right because <laughs> that's gonna happen a bunch more times yeah you know he didn't make up any excuses or anything like that it was just like it didn't work out this time so we got to try him again tomorrow mm-hmm. and we went back in after what else you got we got one more we got another couple topics yeah I think.
4: pre-season prep
1: oh yeah pre-season prep
3: try not to lean up against the truck i think it's causing oh. static on your mic
1: really Okay, thank you, Greg. My bad. We've been. Put, I've been seeing some of the comments is just like turkey season doesn't start for another month and a half, and like that is the case for most places in the country. Is turkey season hasn't started, so I think it's we could take a step back and talk about the preseason prep. I think that's why we decided to do that. How do you mm-hmm. pattern your gun?
3: That's probably the first thing we'll talk about.
4: Yeah, uh, for me, uh, I have a I have a choke that I really like. And like we talked about chokes and everything that we shoot last week, but I'll I'll use a kicks choke. So I like that. And then I found several different, I switched to the TSS loads a few years ago, like a lot of y'all did. And I just got several different shot sizes and just tried them out. And it was expensive to do, but worth it. And I just shot from, you know, dedicated a whole box to shooting, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, and then shot out to 60. And just to see, what it looks like and how I need to be like, is it shoot high or, or what? And just how making many sure. pellets are in the yeah. head at different distances mm-hmm. and things. And, and just yeah. trying to compare it and then compared it to um like some uh, other older, not older, but just other loads I had that weren't TSS or, you know, there were fives or sixes and compared to see how many more pellets I was getting in, in the black. And like i found that for my gun with my choke tube that I'm shooting those number nines they pattern really really well and they hold a really tight pattern out to you know 60 yards and so that gives me that confidence there and that's how i like to pattern my shot
1: and honestly too to maybe save yourself some money there's probably a video out there of the gun that you're shooting and the loads that you're thinking about shooting just like look at what the pat what patterns people are getting on in some sort of view if you can find one that might save you some money and then obviously you have to shoot it yourself but instead of mixing and matching with a bunch of different stuff that might be a good way to go too I was yeah. just gonna say too, if you if you are shooting a red dot, have to shoot it every spring. Every spring you have to shoot it before season. That's mm-hmm. the difference. I mean, if you got a bead and you're shooting the same ammo as you shot the last ten, fifteen years, you obviously don't have to pattern your gun. You know what it's gonna do. But if you're shooting a red dot, it's, I'd say it's just pretty much mandatory every spring. You got to shoot it before season starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's no different deer rifle, I mm-hmm. guess, or your muzzleloader, whatever. It's like you've got you got to shoot it and make sure that it's dialed in. Mm-hmm. I just shoot a feed, and mine, don't, mine hasn't really changed much. Barrel's not bent. Yeah, I don't know. According to Mike, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I don't, I haven't patterned mine in a while, but I shoot it every year mm-hmm. usually before mm-hmm. I go, just at 20, 30 yards to make sure that it's still right on. Mm-hmm. The main point, though, for preseason is that you pattern your shotgun so that you know— what your limitations are what your shotgun's capabilities are like nick's saying he's patterning at different ranges so like to yesterday Mm -hmm. when you killed that turkey you knew that you could put enough in his head at the distance that he was at if you got a clear shot Mm -hmm. and that gave you the confidence to stop him and then get his head up and shoot him Mm -hmm. so it worked out good that's i mean that's why you pattern your shotgun but also i think about I mean call practice is a given, I think, for anybody that's getting ready to go turkey hunting. And usually people will start getting their calls out a few weeks to a month or
2: so. The earlier you do it the better. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true.
3: Yeah.
4: If you can make yourself get excited to practice, if you're watching PC, these videos, I yeah, mean uh-huh. the
1: one I'm about to post with this hen that's going wild, get your calls out. I mean, maybe not when you're your wife or kids are around or someone that doesn't want to listen to your turkey call. But if, you know, as you're driving to work or whatever in the car, just get some real hen audio on the, on the phone and start playing along to it. Yeah. That's a
3: good way to practice. Really. mm -hmm. Don't, don't listen to other callers. Mm -hmm. Listen to actual hens. Mm -hmm, Cadence that they use and listen to, you know, how many notes they'll use in a plain yelp versus what they sound like when they get excited. Um, you know, what a, what a tree yelp sounds like, what clucking and purring sounds like. Just Google live hen turkeys. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how you really learn. Mm-hmm. You hear those hens cutting. You know, a lot of times people will get on a mouth call and they'll just, they'll kind of just run all that together. They'll just go, pop, 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 pop. Yelp, 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 yelp. But if you listen to how a hen cuts, a lot of times it's like two or three notes. Like, pop,
1: pop, 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 pop. Pop, pop. Pop, 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 pop. and
3: then she'll mix a yelp in there with it it's not just that run together cackle all the time mm-hmm. so it, there's a there's a lot you can learn by just watching real turkeys that will help you i mean you don't need to be the best caller but if mm-hmm. you get your cadence down you can kill a lot. all of sorts
1: of different sound ends out there yeah. Mm-hmm. oh yeah those um, ones cadence ones. is more similar than the sound
3: yeah for sure and if if you don't have a season coming in for a while yet there's oh sorry greg I just unplugged my mic in my pocket Can you still hear me still got it yeah all right if you don't have a season coming in for a while yet we used to like in missouri our season has always started you know around that third monday of the month mm-hmm. and turkey Star goblin up there in middle of march about this time especially on warm fronts mm-hmm. so we would go out we would actually start scouting almost a month before our season came in mm-hmm. and i would just drive around to different public areas or different private spots that we had to hunt and i just li- at minimum listened to turkeys gobble before work it comes front blown. we got a front
1: coming in here boy. <laughs> How about rain I thought that was about to be rain. Yeah. And I'd say if you're further <laughs> north than that, yeah, just, I mean, maybe there's snow on the ground still, but just go out and start trying to locate winter flocks. And look I for mean, tracks or yeah, something. Yeah, they're going to start dispersing. I mean, maybe the, all the turkeys are a mile away from public or somewhere you can hunt right now, but they'll start dispersing throughout the spring. So just knowing, I guess, how many birds or where, where birds are and where they might, that will that might help you know where they might be later in the spring. Cause yeah, I
3: really like listening early, um, yeah. especially... Like if your season, the closer that you get to your season, the more I would be listening in the mornings Mm -hmm. and not only listening and putting ears and pins on birds where they're at, but also if you got the extra 30 minutes to sit there on a real good morning like we had today and just listen to where they're going. Like, Because after they pitch down, they might gobble two or three more times if you're lucky. You want
1: to be where they're going. You want to be where they're going. Mm-hmm. And you want
3: to, like, if he flies down and he goes south, you want to make a note of that. Mm-hmm. And then if you go in there the next day and he's roosted 400 yards from there, but then he works back to that same area. Oh Howdy. <laughs> If he works back to that same area, then you can.
1: That's
2: exactly how it went for us yesterday morning with Nick's yeah. hunt. Because yeah. we went in there the morning before season, heard that bird, and he was, like, right here in the creek bottom. And the next, that night, we didn't hear him on the roost, so we went in there kind of blind, but we kind of angled towards where we heard him. And that opening morning, he was gobbling, like, over here in the creek bottom. And we just basically beelined it right for where we heard him the morning before because we figured that's where he was going. Yeah. So, and yeah. then he eventually, all those turkeys started working yeah. our way.
1: Yeah. Also try to just, you're talking about going back and listening to the same turkeys, but also just try to locate as many different flocks and turkeys as you possibly can right now. That's, I'd say, being able to bounce to different turkeys because maybe, you know, six other people are hearing the same birds that you are, you want to have a plan B all the way through Z, really, if you can. Mm-hmm. Just locate as many different birds as you can.
3: Yeah, find spots, find spots to hunt now don't wait until turkey season to do that. Mm-hmm. Like go out and either start talking to landowners about getting permission mm-hmm. or start visiting different Yeah, now's the time areas. to lock
1: that stuff down because it's like yeah. how many times have you been to a place where it's just like, ah, so-and-so already asked me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you don't want to be the second one there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, if you're going to a public area to hunt or a WMA or something,
3: now's the time when you need to do all your research into like the regulations, what sort of permits you need. All of that stuff. I mean, I constantly procrastinate and wait until a week before we leave to go to some of these places and wish that I didn't do that because a lot of these public areas have very different regulations, you know, and every from state to state have different regulations. So, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. always changing, too,
3: (laughs) always changing, (laughs) ever evolving. Some states will let you hunt until all day. You know, some states you got a noon closure or one closure. So there's lots of that, those details. No Sunday hunting. Right, out east. Yeah, there's lots of those little details that you can be worrying about now that you don't have to worry about when it comes time to hunt, if you've got that stuff locked down. And if you go, if you're going to private land and you're looking for turkeys, the, private, the landowners are gonna know most of the time if they got turkeys. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we, we're just looking for spots on the map that have got a lot of habitat diversity of some kind, private or public, where mm-hmm. there's water, there's permanent water, Then there's openings, mature timber, that turkeys can roost in, and some sort of patchwork mixture of all those things, and often there's turkeys there. Then we seek those landowners out and ask them, sorry guys, we got a lot of vehicles and traffic coming in and out of here. I know it probably sounds pretty hectic, because it is, but it's all good.
4: All right, so we'll we'll roll that into the, the next one. What's in your vest?
2: It's in your vest,
4: yeah, in your turkey. A snacks
3: and wet wipes right yeah. now for me. Yeah, fiber. I got a camo <laughs> drape. I got a now that Nalgene bottle right next to you. I got binoculars, um, Thermosel, Thermosel canisters, extra Thermosel pads. I wish I had some Picardin lotion, but I don't. Um, you friction call a couple strikers and some conditioning
1: stones turkey tote turkey tote <clears throat> ink pen paper mm-hmm. hair ties rubber bands bags on. if you're it someone that runs take. a glass call a lot throughout the spring a conditioning stone is definitely worth the investment yeah, yeah. it really yeah. uh it does exactly what its name is i guess but it's it just does a lot better job than those you know sandpaper or brillo pads it's like mm-hmm.
3: stone will last you all year plus some. Um, mm-hmm. those brillo pads will last
1: you you know
2: Week or two. Do
1: you nice. have an extra stone, by the way? I do. Woodhaven sells them on their website, correct? That's good. I do have an extra stone. Excellent. <laughs> For when he loses his. <laughs> I think
3: i got to get Thrash one and I can give you one. I, I took, got an extra striker. They're easy to
1: lose, so I put a little, I, I don't have it tied yet to my new vest, but I put a little, I drilled a little hole through the end of it and got some fishing line last year and tied it right to my vest. And there I, you go. Still got it. It's the first one I've held on to for more than one spring. So. It's called a dummy cord. Mm-hmm. You dummy cord it to you and you'll mm-hmm. never lose it. There you go. We
3: got the long bird tape measure we carry sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else we have. Not a lot else. Not a lot of
1: other things. Not really. Snacks, water, shells, calls. I'd say pruners, if you're hunting anywhere, hunting anywhere where you can prune, that might, that's handy. Like yeah, mm-hmm, that'll sure. get you a setup that you wouldn't be able to get otherwise, I'd yep. say in a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Like if you're wanting to sit down by a tree, but you know, you can't swing your gun or something, if you can take and cut a couple things that are, yeah. that's just way quieter too than breaking stuff a lot of time.
3: I usually take three to five mouth calls and one friction call and a couple of strikers, sit for calls. What happened? June bug. Oh,
4: I didn't want him to get in your ear.
3: What else he got? Uh, Well,
4: we
2: kind of touched on scouting.
4: Yeah. So we rolled into that. Uh, So the last one on there is where are you going to hunt?
2: Yeah. We kind of discussed that a little bit with finding public or finding landowners that you can hunt on their ground.
3: Yeah. And even to add a little bit to the scouting side, think of places where you can hear turkeys. Like, this morning, we were at a high point with a big power line that went both directions, with that was open for like a mile in either direction. And we were at the high point where you could hear a really long distance. Had that power line not been there, it's just nothing but trees. And that's going to cut down on the amount, the, the distance that you can hear turkeys gobbling from. And I even think about that when it comes to roadways and stuff like. There's some area public areas that we got to walk in way over a mile to get to the turkeys but there's usually a road on the other side and a field a private field next to that where you can hear them. Mm-hmm. So if you can put ears on them across an opening into a block of timber maybe you access that block of timber a different way but it's just figuring out how to hear those turkeys and where they're at. Like sound travels in such odd ways through timber and hills and all of that stuff like be thinking about that and if you're planning a morning where you're going to go and scout two or three areas before work ideally you go to the best spot to hear all those areas immediately you're not Mm -hmm. listening down in a bowl or a hole or something like that yeah
1: and a lot of times if you're just checking out a new area for the first time you're dropping those pins as you're going through it the first time it's like you get pull up or drive past a spot or pull up to a spot and you know, a lot of times as we're moving right down the road, it's like, all right, there's a good spot to listen from. You know, you, you don't even have to stop mm-hmm. the vehicle, especially now that on X is just right there on. <laughs> yeah. On your, if you got yeah. a newer vehicle, it's on the thing it's on just your car, your your, your cargo car screen, or whatever, your car
3: screen
2: thing.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't
3: have a vehicle with that thing in it <laughs> either,
1: but you know, must be nice.
3: Yeah, CarPlay is that what you got? But yeah, in this truck,
2: I, I mean, it.
4: It's nice to have. I'm not going to have it anymore in like a week or. 10 days You're but giving
3: this back to poppy
4: yeah poppy will get this truck back and then i'll be back <laughs> i'll be back in the old casper the white truck we'll have a new engine we'll be ready to rock yeah. but no car play yeah so poppy good. will have
1: all your pins. <laughs> yeah, yeah he will poppy's gonna have all my pins.
4: unfortunately
3: <laughs> ready to do rapid fire, Greg? Let's do some rapid fire. Rapid okay
4: fire so r- this is what i need to be paying attention to here
3: yeah he's gonna put it on the screen for you nick
4: that's a big tenfold. Did they say
3: anything about my chicken legs? Oh wow! Well, First, we got to address Ted's toes.
2: My toes? They're
3: Woof. They're not very
2: pretty. Somebody they're said right you need here. a pedicure. I don't think you want to see a close-up <laughs> shot of these things. Some <laughs> <laughs> things up here.
3: Yeah, give them things another month. They'll look real good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they're ready to rob oh, it. That felt
4: good.
3: Okay. You got them. Here we go. We'll make them make them quick as possible. Quick as possible. Rapid fire, Nate. It's I'm still looking
4: at Ted's feet on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> He's got
3: a delay, Greg. A little bit of a delay. It should be All right, up. so I'll, I'll, I'll list them off. Hang on. It'll quick, be there. Quick tip for hunting in the rain. Quick tip for hunting
2: I would in the say rain. if you got fields in your area, try take a drive around tent, yeah. and look Clear in cuts. the fields yeah. or
1: sneak around and look in the fields wherever there's an opening in yeah. your area. If you know it's coming, try to have a turkey roosted where you can get real close to him. Mm-hmm. That's how
2: Giannis killed his bird and Georgia drove around and spotted those birds on a rain day up and close to public mm-hmm. on a field.
3: Yep. Yeah, and like down in the south, it doesn't seem like turkeys use fields as often, but when it rains, they will. So if there's turkeys in a general area and there's a field nearby or short grass or yep. a logging road or
1: a clear cut. Yeah. So if you don't know where a bunch of turkeys are, it might just be a good day to scout too. If you got Yes, mm-hmm. because
3: they'll come out of the woodwork into mm-hmm. those fields on those days. They may not have used that field for a week and a half but then it rains and they get out there to dry off. They do not want to be in the timber. And this this is especially true the further on you get into the spring.
1: And honestly, not just fields, roads. Yep. Like if that's all they have for options, roads, clear cuts, anything you can think of, all, all pretty much all areas have mm-hmm. something like that. that Anywhere where they can, they can get
3: out of the woods, because mm-hmm. the woods, are, they got all those leaves and stuff on them. They want to get out there and dry off. Mm-hmm.
4: And a good slicker suit.
3: Yeah. The longer you can
4: stay dry and stay out there, the better mm-hmm. chance you're going to have.
3: Hogs, ground blind, umbrella, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whatever. Yep. All right. 12 gauge versus 20 gauge. What do you prefer? 12 gauge versus 20.
1: I don't have a preference, really. My I, I have a 20 gauge because <laughs> someone sent me one, and it's really light. I like that. That's <laughs> the same thing I got. I can shoot turkeys way further than I want to with it, so it's... Especially with the tungsten, that does it for me. <laughs> but I got
2: a 20-gauge, too. Same thing as Jake, so that's what I use. Pretty much same setup. Works pretty good. I use a 12-gauge. I have one shotgun I use for everything. I duck hunt and
4: goose hunt with it. I turkey hunt with it, so that's just what I use. And I'm confident with it, so I've just stuck with that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I got two Remington 870s, a 12-gauge, and a youth model 20.
1: I did see... uh enough of my buddy well i we posted him on the channel using the 410s last year and i think uh if you're shooting a 20 gauge or 12 gauge probably would have just folded the thing up out there so if you're a grown man going out there with a 410 unless you got you know a reason that you need to use it maybe maybe step her up it might (laughs) i mean you don't want to be crippling birds i'd say because that was one of those deals where he hit him you know where i I feel like you would have crumpled them up pretty good with even a 20 gauge, but who knows?
3: Yeah. All right. For Nick, what is your biggest challenge going from hunting Texas to hunting the Southeast?
4: Um, oh,
3: excuse me. The Northern Midwest. The
4: have n- to- uh, well, I have What's, Turkey.
3: southeast.
4: Okay. Yeah. Uh, not ever hunting here ever. So totally new. Don't know nothing. Uh, that's been the biggest challenge for me and learning just like i did on the deer tour learning terrain the way that y'all look at it on the map being able to look at terrain and say okay like we did the last two days mm-hmm. clear cut permanent creek fear creek go there and yeah. we've been finding turkeys i mean uh, i'd say that's been the biggest challenge has been able to look at a map and then apply that to the knowledge of or the thought of that there could be turkeys there and then having the confidence to go there yeah being able to narrow it down to a
2: certain spot yeah you
4: got to take this huge map you're looking at and don't get sucked into being like there's ten thousand acres there i don't know where to look and then just try to find those small just condense it down and find those small little spots that permanent creek or where that clear cut comes close to it and then go to that and then if you don't find anything there exit off go to the next one and then just keep doing that
3: yeah. how do you move on turkeys in flat big timber how do you move on turkeys in flat big timber uh, slow and careful very careful and low we've been having to deal with that a little bit in these bottoms
1: yeah a little bit seems yeah. like there. are i mean there's always some sort of little there's a creek cr- yeah, there's, there's a there's there's
3: depression there's a wash but it's just getting to know it is the hard part. Mm-hmm. Like going into that spot place yesterday yeah. morning. Like I was telling you, that hunt me and J Cat a few years ago. Mm-hmm. That's the luxury we had a few years ago that we did not have yesterday morning. A couple years ago, when we killed that bird, we got to scout that whole bottom out mm-hmm. the morning we killed him because yeah. they were roosted down there, and then they moved off with hens, so we could slide in mm-hmm. and kind of look at where they were at. And then we found a little spot, a little pocket in the middle of that wide open flat timber where there was some cane and just a little bit thicker vegetation Mm -hmm. and then we started plotting our route to get in there so like there was a wash that led down into the main creek and then we could slide into this little pocket of cover without exposing ourselves to the wide open timber around us Mm -hmm. and we killed that bird right there but yesterday morning we did not know where to go Mm -hmm. all we knew was that the turkey was gobbling 200 yards from us and we got as close as we could and but you saw how that worked out, and you got to come to 60 yards and wouldn't come no further. Mm-hmm. So
2: I feel like walking as you're going, like looking for setups as you're ahead of you, like, okay, I'm going to go from this tree that has some decent cover around it to this yeah. next tree that I could sit on and kill a turkey. Got to be it. really strategic with your moves for sure. Yeah, yeah
3: and you got to remember, too, you're dealing with a bird that's half as tall as you are. Yeah yeah so get down on their level take a knee and see what they can see it may you may only need a foot or two of depression yeah. to hide from them or even potentially call them in in an open creek bottom but if you set up or open woods any anywhere open flat woods if you set up and you can see sitting on the ground 300 yards down through there you might be able to work him in with no decoy
1: you going to be hot
3: He's gonna have to be hot, and you're gonna have to call very strategically when he gets behind trees or brush piles or whatever, so that he's got to continue coming your direction and looking. Sometimes we've been able to work turkeys in that way in open terrain, but a more, lot of times, times they that out, regardless
1: of you. where you're at. Too, it's not even yeah. even very unpressured turkeys; they're not gonna just come in looking <laughs> if you don't have decoy out. Most no, times they
3: get ate by too much stuff. Mm-hmm. They're used to they their eyes are so good; they're used to seeing. You know hearing a hen and then seeing her Mm
1: -hmm. and
3: when they don't see her where she's supposed to be because they can pinpoint that sound they just set up shop out there or they give up on it and leave Mm -hmm. what type of cuts do you recommend in a mouth call maybe what's your favorite Mm -hmm. what type of cuts on a mouth call
1: i don't know go around i don't even know what it's called (laughs) i know what it looks like
2: yeah (laughs) honestly i
1: like all three of the ones in our pack Mm-hmm. And I, I, there's all three of them. I feel like there's like a low volume call I can blow well, medium, and isn't I don't maybe that's how it was designed, I guess. But and I can get louder on one.
3: We like. just wanted to make all three of them so that they're easy <laughs> to use.
1: And that's so the same answer we gave last week. It's just yeah. like try a variety pack, get a three pack of calls, and that's the only way to really decide what you like. Yeah,
3: yeah. I really like that pro reeds. I don't like heavy latex in my mouth calls. I never really have and that's why those
1: calls are a, easier to blow. There's some certain calls that you can recommend that have that because I don't even know what that is. To Our calls have it. All three of them do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're all
3: made with Prove and it's a little finicky like you you don't want to you don't want to stick those reeds together and keep peeling them apart over mm-hmm. time because that Prove will wear out so if you take toothpicks and put between your mm-hmm. reeds and store them in the refrigerator. Yeah. It'll I noticed I can form.
1: I can purr on them better than I've ever be, been able to. You know, I never really could until the end of last spring, even get that noise. And I'm getting That's just it because those
3: calls are stretched tighter and they got latex, mm-hmm. or heavier latex that take more air pressure. Probably, mm-hmm. I'm just assuming.
1: No, I yeah, I mean, there's got to be some sort of reason because I could never do it, and then all of a sudden I can kind of do it. A couple of those calls that uh, Bruce Hall made me, I'm sure he's probably using something similar to what you're talking about. He gave me a couple of them, and I also I could purr. Yeah, or at least make you know the noise. Which one do you like?
2: Uh, the ninja hammer
3: that's a combo cut, and then you've been blowing that echo, like, or no, the that's alpha the alpha that's, yeah. our, that's our THP uh-huh. pack combo. Yeah, I like, it's very I like that one similar to the ninja hammer, mm-hmm. just different. Yeah. We all
2: that's ran
1: that ninja yeah. hammer for a couple of years, mm-hmm. like, we all
4: like That's that
2: my combo. favorite one out of the three pack of ours is the alpha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, It is very, very similar.
4: similar. There's another Woodhaven call that I don't know. It what it's called i know the cut is similar to the hammer and it's got the hammer like dash like sideways cut and then like a ghost cut in it as well mm-hmm. off to the side of it i don't know what that's called but i've used that one the last few years and i loved it yeah and now i've got this the alpha i really really like
3: so um, i like all of them but the it's kind of an alpha so that makes <laughs> you see
2: these shoulders
3: <laughs> broad <laughs> shoulder <laughs> 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 is the smurf still alive the smurf Yes, it lives still. My buddy Chef Neil's got it. He owns his own restaurant and bar now, and it's parked out back. Give
1: a little shout out. Tell people if they're yeah. ever in the area.
3: you're ever in Paris, Paris, Missouri area, Paris, America, go check out the Hootin' Chicken. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's a hooting chicken sound like? i, I, <laughs> I
3: can't tell
1: you. Give it a try. I don't know. First thing comes to mind. I don't, well, thing,
2: no, I don't know
1: what a hooting chicken sounds like. Let's hear oh, yours.
2: I you, no. you, <laughs> d- <laughs> 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 that was like a hooting monkey.
3: That like a Somebody told blue
4: me blue. it's called the the red wasp. Is what I was thinking red of. Wasp. I, uh, oh, yeah. I don't know.
3: There you go. You got another one, Greg uh somebody asked why we don't use tss but some of us why we don't use tss yeah, most of us, us do use tss, TSS. Yep. i think i mm-hmm. think the majority of us use tss mm-hmm. except for maybe me and zinger mm-hmm. and he may be changing pretty soon what else you got are we or are we concluding our rapid fire session here i think we're we're winding down we're at an hour the audio is getting a little funky
1: Okay, let's wind it down so we can get this video posted for yeah, people. Right, yeah, we're done. We post the video. Next big
2: kill tonight.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you want to do one more, Greg, or are we done for the night? All right, we're done. He's got a bunch on there, but he's sifting through. We got to post this video too. It's getting
4: get a little Irish out here as yeah, it well. It I'm
3: like, underdressed. It feels like a squall could be blowing in. Frog strangler Mm. coming in hot.
2: Okay, (laughs) we're
3: gonna leave, guys. Ted's gonna put
2: his shoes on and we're gonna head on. Thank God. Thanks for joining us.